This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And with us for the pod today from ESPN.com and host of the esteemed John Kime Report, it's John Kime. Okay, what up, up, fellas? <laughs> Good to have you, John. Good to have you. Always so you wrote a massive uh, story on Sam Howell, and I'm excited to talk to you about it um, because it, like my, my thing with as I think about my radio show later today that I kind of want to focus on for that is why does everyone think the commanders are going to be bad? Um, watching all these power rankings come out that got them like 25th, 27th. I think someone had them 30th. And obviously a lot of that is around Howell because people just have not seen him play and, and don't think that a guy that went in the fifth round last year is going to be very good. So John, I'm, I'm very appreciative uh, for my own purposes that you went into this, but certainly uh, I think it's the biggest story about this team in the off season. So at, why did you want to report this story on, on kind of why they like Sam, who Sam is, where he is, and, and what did you learn as you wrote it? Well, a couple of things. And I wanted to write it because it's been a topic all off season. And, and it was, listen, the whole, like the Lamar Jackson thing was never going to happen because financially it just wasn't going to work. And, any deal that you would have offered. I think one thing that, and this not to get too deep into that, this one, but any deal you would have offered him, you would have had to have cut guys to just to sign them to an offer sheet. You probably get rid of John Allen. You don't sign to Ron Payne, guys like that. And then you just get the chance to get him to an offer sheet. And then there's a good chance that Baltimore matches that offer. And now you're out all these players. So that's a separate case. But they didn't go as aggressive as they did the previous offseason when they looked at any quarterback that might be that they felt might be available. And even, you know, they briefly considered an Andrew Locke. And, you know, they it was never like it just that was never going to be a thing. But it's like, hey, what about? And it's like, no, because he's retired and he's whatever, probably the Colts. So you move on. And then, you know, this year it's the opposite where they really didn't go aggressive looking for a guy. So why is that? And 
and it just kept leading into the draft. You kept seeing people projecting a quarterback to them in the first round. And like, that's not going to happen because they really do like him. And so I wanted to, I just kind of wanted to explain, like, this is what they saw leading up to not just the Dallas game, but leading into the Dallas game. Because I think if you don't see, and you guys know this, that whenever you see, whenever they make a decision on a guy, especially a quarterback, it's not just about a particular game. It's about what they see or don't see in the, in the, and behind the scenes and all that. So I think that's, that's what I tried to get at is like, why is it, it wasn't just, cause it wasn't just like, Oh, Oh, is 11, 11 completions. Oh, that's what they're going to make the decision on. No, it was all this stuff leading into it. The fact that they liked him before the draft last year. And then the fact that they saw improvement in key areas, and then they saw it translate into the one game he did play. Now we don't know where he's going to go, but that's why. So I just wanted to kind of explain all those things. I mean, you know, like I, th- I like Sam Howell. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think, you know, there's a lot of people you talk to him. They really had high evaluations on him, much like the commanders did here. And you alluded to that in your article. Do you think that this is slight, a slight overcorrection from last year's pursuit of Carson Wentz? Possibly. And do you think that maybe this is a little short-sighted? I mean, would, would you want to, like, if I'm the GM, I probably want a little bit of risk management. They did bring in Jacoby Brissett, which I love. But I just want to get yeah, your thoughts on that. Yeah, and I think I think there is some of an overcorrection because they were very aggressive and it didn't work. They had to give up picks and they had to give up cap space. So they had a young guy that they do like. And so then it gives them a chance to then build around him and, and build around a young quarterback who's on a rookie deal. So that's that's where it's that's where it is um uh beneficial to them. So I do think that there's probably some of a correction. I do think if a Hendon Hooker had fallen to the third round, then I think that, well, then they would have at least considered drafting him. I don't know if they would have, because we don't know. It didn't happen. But I think that's where they would have felt comfortable taking a guy like that, because that's that's one of the quarterbacks they liked in this class. Uh, and, and he would have provided really good value, because you probably have a first-round talent who falls to the third for a variety of reasons. So... So, you know, to your point, I think that's where you can mitigate some of the risk as well, because if this doesn't work, there's going to be a lot of people looking for a job. And this is one thing that I was on a, uh, a call with Mark Dominic, who's the former general manager in the NFL. And his point was like they understand the risk involved here for them. They know that another ownership group will be coming in and evaluating their decision making to get to this point. So there's a lot on them to make this work. So counterpoint slash point of inquiry for both of you guys, and I'll throw out what I think real quick first to, to react to. That point that they didn't do anything at quarterback, I think is completely overstated. Yes, Sam is the guy they would want to win, as any team would want their young quarterback who they think has potential to win out, because John, like you just said, that's a rookie contract QB for the next couple of years. What more? What better gift could you possibly have in the sport? than that, than a legitimately good quarterback on a rookie contract. But if I were to ask you guys, who was the best quarterback available on the market this offseason? And I say, no, Lamar Jackson wasn't actually available because, right. John, like you said earlier, like the restricted free agency thing, there just was never the, the Venn diagram of good deals that could be offered by another team that the Ravens wouldn't match. So I don't count him as being on the market. Rodgers is 
prohibitively expensive and and was not really available to all teams. Yeah. He was available to the Jets. Right. How many guys were truly available that are better than Jacoby Brissett? And Brissett, again, top 10 QBR last year. The reason that they didn't have a better record with, with the Browns is because their defense was horrendous last year. He played well enough to win a lot of games, and anyone from yeah. Cleveland will tell you that. Yeah. So it, it, it gets to this question of, like, did they actually do the best thing they could do at quarterback in the free agent space, um, or was there another option available? And then kind of the the 1B question to that, and John, you probably have the most insight on this, is, is your reporter status is still uh, – current and mine has expired by many years. Um, are they actually going to be quote unquote all in on Sam Howell, or is this going to be a competition? And is there a very good chance that Brissett is the starter and could lead them to the playoffs this year? I think it's clearly sounds like they want Howell to have every chance to win the job. If he doesn't show it, you have a guy that can go out there and take the job from him. So he's going, I think there's, I think if you had brought back Taylor Heineke, it becomes clear that it's going to be Howell Heineke. But in this case, I think <clears throat> I think there's going to be a little bit more pressure on Howell to look a certain way because I think Brissett will come with a little bit more. Um, not guys certainly respect to Taylor Heineke in the locker room. I'm not going to say that, but I think Brissett maybe has a slightly you know higher reputation, I guess, as a, as a player, and he coming off the year he did. So if you're not if you're not doing well if you're Howell, then you got a guy right behind you who's going to push you probably more. So I think that's where uh, you know. So I think that's where the benefit of of a Brissett. But I do think that he goes in there like, hey, if he goes out there and starts showing what he can do, and um, you know, looking good, then there then there's no need. That's what they've been looking for. But if he's struggling at all, now you have now you're going to have a competition. Right. And that's kind of what I was saying is like, if you're better than Jacoby Brissett, you're an NFL starting quarterback. And so if Sam Howell is better than right. Jacoby Brissett, like, okay, they have an NFL starting quarterback. And that leads to like the other part of it, Logan, like when you did your offseason rankings and John, if you want to chime in by all means, like what else could they have done? And that that's, you know, outside of being absurdly aggressive and kind of creating something, which they of course did try last year, what else was available to them? Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Well, I think right. the thing that sticks out to me is like, and it, this depends on, on like your evaluation. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, John, is like, if I'm a fan and I don't, I, I don't think they should have done this, but do you go after Garoppolo? Do you go after Carr? Do you make a pursuit for one of those types of players? And is the roster, is the team, is the organization in a better situation because of that? I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I, I hear that a lot from fans saying, oh, sure. that's what we should have done. We should have been more aggressive in that way. Not necessarily with Lamar, not necessarily with um, Rodgers, but those kind of you know mid-tier starting top fifteen, top twelve type of guys uh, from a quarterback position. So that's what I would say. I, I mean, I do like Jacoby Brissett a lot. And I think the framing of this is also somewhat interesting to me. The idea that it's it's you know like like John said, it's Sam's job to lose. It's not necessarily like a truly open competition and. You know, you mentioned it, Craig, like Jacoby did a great job last year. We were both mm -hmm. advocating for him to come here. I know John was for a long time. And so why isn't it 
Jacoby's job and then Sam's job to kind of prove that he's got it in the bag. It's th- that's the thing about it. <clears throat> I think the phrasing and the characterization of it that I think either that speaks to how they feel about Sam. And that's the thing I think that nationally gets people a little bit like that can't be true. You know, he can't be better than Jacoby right now. And I kind of agree with that just because of, of Jacoby's history and play experience. And so that's kind of right. like why it feels a little, a little weird, I'm sure to national to the national media. Sure. And I listen, I get why they would have those thoughts because when you're looking at it from the outside, it's, you know, you, this guy played one game. He was a fifth round pick. And so a lot of people can't get, and, and I know we know like they rated him higher than that. A lot of other teams did. I had a lot of people, you know, more people, even like some draft analysts who say, Oh yeah, I had him around like a third round grade, whatever. So a lot of people thought he'd go higher, but the bottom line is he was a fifth round pick. And, you know, you can say he go higher, but he didn't. And, you know, sometimes you get to those teams where it's like you draft a quarterback high and then you may not worry about it because you got your guy. You maybe don't need one, whatever, whatever the reason. And I, I know that if they had not needed a quarterback, they would have they would have pursued him on day two, most likely. Hmm. So they you know, but I, I agree with Brissett. Now, the other thing with like a guy like Garoppolo, they were interested in him last year. Yeah. I just think that injury history makes it very difficult. And the, and the cost for him involved makes it a little bit more difficult as well. And same with the car is, was car going to elevate these guys around them? What would they have been able to build the same roster by going out and getting a car? Probably not because he costs a lot more. And then it's always about how you structure contracts, et cetera. But so I think that's, that's one of the things you wonder about with that. Could they have gone that route, but they didn't. And again, I think Garoppolo had he not, I think if he had not been hurt last year, there's a chance that he'd have been here instead of Wentz. So, you know, um, you know, so I, but I don't, I, I, I agree with you on Brissett. Brissett played well last year and you're right, Craig, like that, his, the issues in Cleveland were not because of the quarterback, it was because of a really, really bad defense. And to me, he kind of fits a lot of what they would like here, which is take care of the ball, operate the offense well, and and help your defense by doing that and 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 you have some playmakers too on the outside so i think he would be a good alternative if Howell doesn't show the progress they need all right here's the part where we hunt for the clicks no i'm not going to ask you about the luck part uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go revisionist history question um in reporting this story was there anybody that you talked to that has any regret over not giving Sam more snaps last year or starting him earlier last year. I think there is a, I think there was a definite cause Rivera would talk about this during the season. He wanted to see how in a game earlier. And I think, I think the hard part was, I think they started to see things in practice and it's like, well, how would that translate in the game? And so I think like a game, like the Houston game, it would have been good for him to get a quarter or so of action in that role, but they, you're trying to win a game too. And in what if it's, a well, that's kind of what I mean though. Like right. if they it, think that he's good, like do they wish they had gone to him because he actually was their best option, especially seeing how Wentz played against Cleveland and, and how high right. he kind and of I think, folded down the track. I think it's hard. It's a hard question to answer because I, you know, at the time I know what, you know, again, with, if they had been able to see him, maybe they do go to him earlier. The hard part with like the Wentz and the Cleveland game is, Wentz is the guy they traded for and they clearly had a belief in him in that system and what he could do for them. And then it wasn't going well. We saw what was happening. 
But then it's like, oh, well, you know, he's more comfortable with the offense. And then he goes out and plays against the Niners and on his couple drives operated well. And then you could point to various reasons as to why, but he did look better. So if you're them, it's like maybe he's at a better point. And so I just think it, where there are a lot of factors involved in not going to how earlier and it's certainly in hindsight, I think the Cleveland game is the one where you could say, hey, um, if you had seen him a little bit earlier, maybe you have a better feel and say, listen, what we saw in practice is what we saw in this game. So we're going to put him in there for that game. And I'm talking as if I'm them, not me saying we. So, hmm. you know, so that that's where I think that's that's the one game you look at. But before that, you know, they were doing they were winning with Heineke. And you're not yeah. going to change that. And plus, I think people have to respect, give Howell a lot of credit. And they did a good job getting him ready and doing that point. But he needed to get some stuff worked on. He had to work on some stuff. And, and he did. And so it's not, like, it's not like what you saw at the end of December is what he was in October. That's not the case. So I, I think from that point, so but it really, to me, would have been that Cleveland game if they had been able to get him in earlier would they have felt comfortable just saying, you know what, we've seen what we need to from this kid, put him in. Um, you know, keep in mind, like even with, um, with, with Brock Purdy, he didn't go in there until uh, everybody else got hurt. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I keep going back to, and I get a lot of fans ask me this, and I, you know, I've, I've expressed my perspective on this or expressed my perspective on this on the show is at the end of the year versus Dallas, there seemed to be a little bit of reluctance, you know, or a little bit of indecision yes. about that was, putting him that in. Was a problem. And that's the thing that always, like, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there was still some kind of trepidation on the coaching staff's part about whether or not he was actually ready, you know, what the locker room yeah. thought. There was a whole yep. bunch of factors, but that decision it kind of sticks out to me, or that indecision kind of sticks out to me. What, what do you think about that? Do you wish that no, they had been a little I, bit more I, decisive? Yeah, I do. I think they, I, to be honest, I think they overthought it. Yeah. And I mm -hmm. think, there was a desire to limit um, pressure, hype. I yeah, guess, right. For lack of a better yeah. word, on like, oh, he's going to start, so all the focus is now on Sam Howell. And so, and to mitigate that, like, well, you know, start Taylor Heineke, give him a quarter and a half or so, and then put in Howell, so he doesn't. Have, but if you really want to learn about a guy, you're going to start him because you know the hype is going to be there this year. I mean, that's what the whole focus is on. So you want to get that clock started early in terms of that. How does he handle that? So I think there was an overthinking of the situation and then hearing from players and stuff that, that he's actually, they think he's ready. Yeah. And I think and, that helped them go in a different direction. But then, yeah, no, I yeah. can understand. Like I understand how that comes across. I do think it was an overthinking of it and, and that's it. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that kind of gets me is then combine that, you know, reluctance, indecision, overthinking, however you want to characterize that. I'm not saying it, they did anything wrong, but whatever that is. And then now to be at this point in the offseason to be like, he's the starter for 2023, right? I think is, 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 a, is a pretty dramatic shift, and, you know? And so that's And I don't think, but, but to that point though, they're only saying that he's going into there as a starter. There's no uh, yeah, guarantee yeah, right. that yeah. he does. So you, I think that has to be continuously stated that it's just, opening up going to OTAs or whatever. But if you're not showing the progress, then it's it's just as possible Jacoby Brissett is a starter going into the season. If yeah. they see the progress, if they see him build the off of what they saw leading into the Dallas game, 
from the Dallas game. And if he does that, then he'll be the star. So I don't want to go and say that he's the star for 2023 yet. We don't know that yet. Right. We just know going in that he's got the first chance to, to earn that job. 